leaving quite an impressive number of people who have um, tuned in for this Spaces conversation. This is actually my first Spaces conversation to host, to moderate. My name is Mark Masai, a journalist of over 15 years, actually, and now getting into the field of good strategy and communication. And I'm pleased to have been invited for this Wango Spaces and HR conversation on when HR, human resource, meets tech in Africa, to be specific, because we're getting into the cutting edge of end of things. And Africa is not being left behind thanks to companies such as Seamless HR. And we're going to be talking very soon to a core team from Seamless HR, Deji Lana, who is going to be joining us shortly. As soon as he is in, he can just shout and we would start the conversation with him. He's also joined by Seun Obatui and Chidi Orji, who are all from Seamless HR. But I'll also be having from Kenya, Doris Muigei, who is from Yusudi Africa. We'll hear more about what that is. So let's talk, first of all, about what this is not. So... It's very interesting when I was asked to do this, it was a mere coincidence. Last evening, I was asked to be part of this conversation involving HR and how to better the operations of human resource departments, different companies across the continent. And I laughed first and I said, you do realize I was laid off a week ago. This was yesterday. And so the conversation tonight, to be very clear, is to look at ways that support from companies like Seamless HR that gives software support, back-end support for the operations of human resource departments for various companies in the continent can be encouraged. And what they're doing as trailblazers, not only in West Africa, in the southern part, in the eastern part through Kenya, that they want to establish a hub, but across the continent, and then venture into the international scope of things. I see Deji is in, and I see as well Doris has joined us. So we can get started. The conversation will be 45 minutes long and 15 minutes for questions. We'll hopefully get some good time to have people ask questions, and I'll have the support from the Mongo team as well to navigate this conversation. So without further ado, we can start with Deji Lana. So Deji... Lana, as a chief technology officer and co-founder of Seamless HR, which if anyone just does a quick search, even on Twitter, on this space that we are on, you would find that it is a cloud HR software company helping African businesses become more productive and successful through the use of world-class technology. In English, if you may, just expound that in terms of what Seamless HR is, the journey that has been on the continent where you started, where you are, and where you feel that you're taking the operations. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Uh, yes. So uh, my name is Dejilano, as, as Mark has introduced. I'm the CTO and also a co-founder at Stimulus HR. So maybe a bit about myself. I would like to call myself an innovative technology enthusiast. I like everything technology. I like to see how technology can solve not just the world problem, African problem, even before the start of Stimulus HR. Before the start of Simulus HR, what we started before, together with my partner, before we pivoted, was, was a job site, which is like a job aggregator. What you will call your Google for jobs. What that does is check all the jobs all over the continent, not even just Nigeria back then. 
also we had some Tanzanian jobs, we had jobs from Kenya and all that, put them all in one place and index them so that people can search and people can get jobs that matches them at that point. So, and what we did was to write several bots, several robots, mobile agents back then to do that. And something we discovered again, um, when we started was that people were seeing the same jobs because most of these job sites will post the same job in different ways just for their SEO rating. So we had to use technology again to do what we call deduplication. Like instead of using seven jobs, you just see one job and you get a notification that, oh, this job also appears in about six or seven different sites and you can choose which one you would go to to apply for that job. And as we do that also, we also found out that people apply for those jobs, but they are not getting called for interviews. They don't know whether they are, they are being considered, maybe as it is in Africa. So we use technology again to tap into their network. So they connect their LinkedIn networks, they connect their Twitter, they connect their Facebook and all their social media accounts so that we are able to use their work experience and their connections to get people that have worked in those organizations before. I briefly went down memory lane before we switched to Seamless HR to tell you how technology is super important to me and also to us in general in Seamless HR and trying to use it to solve the world's problem. And if someone would describe me, they would say, impossible is nothing. We always find a way to solve a particular problem and make it tailor fit. And that's like the bane of Seamless HR. So at Seamless HR, our focus is helping businesses to optimize their workforce. So we don't just build HR solutions. We don't just build solutions for HR people to use. We actually look at the process of how companies do run their business and we look for ways to actually optimize them. So our software is not just to automate and make process faster. It's actually to help them optimize, to help the CEOs, to help the HR see more than what they would have seen if they are just using Excel sheet or they are using any other. But instead, they have better insight. They would know, okay, should I am up here, should I? Reduce the number of people. Now am I able to monitor the value chain across my process flow? And that is one of the things that led us to creating an end-to-end -end HR software. So we don't just do payroll. We don't just do performance. We don't just do recruitment. We do everything end-to-end -end because to us, a seamless HR, an employee is like the life cycle of a working individual. Right from where you hired him, you onboarded him, you added his records, you pay him, you monitor his performance, and maybe when he's retiring or going on leave, you can actually track that and see similarities along that journey. And you can use that to make better decisions. So that's briefly about Stimulus HR. Deji, thank you for that thorough introduction of Seamless HR as a co-founder and a chief technology officer. And I know we also have some of your colleagues joining us on the call, and I believe right now they've all joined in on Spaces. And Doris Mwige is also here with us, the Chief Growth Officer at Usudi Africa. Doris, just a quick introduction in terms of what Usudi Africa is and what you do. Hi, everyone. My name is Doris Chelagat. I work Mwige. I work at Usudi as a Chief Growth Officer. My experience has been split between about half of it within HR, actually working in talent development and the other half with a talent solutions. I'm really excited to be here. This is a topic that is very, very close to my heart. And yeah, so so really, really happy to be here. In terms of Yusudi, we are a sales talent marketplace. So we do help the youth and other people get into sales and enjoy their careers in sales. And we have a platform that enables them to be recruited, onboarded and learn sales efficiently. Yeah, Mark, back to you. Great to be here. 
So Doris, I guess as a 37 year old, I'm beyond your target market. Completely beyond our target market. But the use have... in Kenya is up to 45 years. So don't worry, Mark. We can, we can have a time. <laughs> Let me Thank you, Doris. All right. Sharon, over to you. Over to you. And we go to Chidi Oji. Yeah. Thanks. Sharon here. So I'm chief of staff at Simless HR. I work closely with Kosdeji and Chidi here. And my main area of focus is on time and operations together across marketing, sales, HR, legal, and other aspects of the company. One other very important thing to also note is that I actually joined the co-founders, that's Deji and Emmanuel, who isn't here from the very first day of, of the company starting. I have a background in, in marketing and technology myself, but of course, worked with Amitim to set this up. And we'll also be spending some more time in East Africa sometime next year as well. So you'll be seeing here around more of work. <laughs> Georgi, a quick introduction and we get the conversation started. Hi everyone, Chidi is my name. I currently lead the sales team at Simless HR. My background, of course, is I've had extensive experience leading sales team across multiple organizations before joining Simless HR, but mostly in the enterprise B2B tech companies. And been with Simless HR for about three years plus now. And in my role, of course, I manage the entire sales operations right from where a customer who is interested in our product identifies that need that they have to be able to deploy our software, taking them through the entire sales motion. And of course, having them to onboard on the Simless HR platform. And of course, that also entails some sort of like alignment and coordination with the marketing growth team who are also working hand in hand with us in generating some demand for the products. And then we also have different categories of AEs who work in the sales department, the inbound and the outbound sales team. So overall, my role actually just allows me to see end to end all the sales operations of seamless HR across the entire markets All right. in Africa. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that quick introduction. And now just back to Deji, the co-founder of Seamless HR. And I mean, as the name suggests, you make things seamless in terms of the operations for HR, but you do say that it's not just matters like payroll that you help make easier. And give us the outlay and the outlook for the continent in Africa in terms of companies that are using or building software that would be utilizing day-to-day operations. Do you think we are actually there? Are we at the point that we can actually export software to the world from your standpoint as seamless HR? I could just throw that question as well then to Sion. Sion Obatui, in terms of where we are as a continent in utilizing software, companies doing so, Initially, it was more importing it from, or actually maybe majority or at least a good portion of it is still importing from European or US-based companies. Are we getting to a point where we can actually export? Yeah, I think I see the call now. If you want to jump in, just feel free to. But I'm going to take a stop at that for you. So yes, so thank you for that question. The answer to that question is yes. So before now, we've always had talents here in Africa. That's never been a question. But what you've all had recently is, being, is the fact that it's been an equalizing, so to say, of ground. So technology has sort of like leveled the playing field to let Africa 
complete compete on the global stage. I mean, you see how we have adopted things like um, cryptocurrency. People are making big ways with AI, machine learning here on the continent because it's technology and it's a global language. So that gives us the platform to allow the talent of our people to shine. And uh, we speak technology. The world understands technology. If your software works in Cote d'Ivoire, if you work in Nigeria, you can work in that continent. And that's sort of like being the basis. I'm married technology. We've been able to use technology to showcase our talent. And we do that quite well. True, Deji. Lena, thank you for that, Sean. Are we there yet to a point where we can actually export software that can be utilized elsewhere. Yes, just as Sion has said, if it works in Cote d'Ivoire, Tanzania, Kenya, it can work elsewhere. Thanks, Sion, for stepping in. I dropped off a bit. I totally believe in that. Uh, that software made in Africa is something that can be exported. We are already seeing human capital being exported and not just any human capital tech. We see with the advent of remote work, COVID, we see some of our human capital tech pros working for the big giant, working out from Africa. Similarly, I think that built in Africa can also be exported and can be used anywhere as long as you follow the international standard and you actually kind of listen to the customer. And from my own experience or from my trend, I've seen that software built in Africa are actually tailored towards solving a problem which is kind of unique to the continent and can also be exported outside, maybe to the third world company, countries, EMEA and all that, rather than building things that are just compliant. I think the landscape is changing a lot. More organizations are bending towards using locally made software where support is fast, they can pay in their local currency and is well-tuned into whatever they are using. And as those software grow, something that can be exported. We've already seen a lot in payments infrastructure and now payments in Africa is being exported to other parts of the world, Asia, UK, US, uh, and all that, where they see our was built with our low infrastructure and what is tuned into what we have in Africa. All right. The answer to that question is yes, we are at a place where we can actually also export software to the rest of the world and be at the same level. And that's where Seamless HR is hoping to take things. And Doris, if I could bring you in at this point, when someone hears automation, whether it's in HR, it's business operation, if you that translate to people losing their jobs. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about that? Okay. So I'd like to answer that question first as a HR person. And I think the short answer, like any form of automation will require people to do their jobs. That's a short answer. But the long answer is HR and like sort of typical assembly work. It's not really a mechanical task. I don't think if you're HR in this room, I don't think you spend all that time doing CPK, all those CHRM courses for you to go and process leave forms. So it will actually, yes, in the short term, maybe help people lose their jobs, but it will also give us the essence of HR, which is the connection, which is giving you time to actually do the real human resource work that is required. So that I'm answering that as a HR, but I think also as a founder of HR services, I don't think the problem is when a HR person says no to a HR software, they're thinking about people losing their jobs. I don't think we think a lot enough around the power that technology comes with. So I have been processing forms. I have spent 10 years understanding how to do an exam formula for payroll and suddenly we want a technology that just clicked and it goes off. I don't think we spend enough time helping HR understand where to take the power they've been having or going through 20,000 CVs to hire one person and walking them through that transition to actually higher level job. Yeah. 
I hope that answers your question. In your view as a HR pr- practitioner, is mm-hmm. the gains worth the losses in terms of the people losing their jobs to technology in the larger scheme of things? In the larger scheme of things, from a HR perspective, absolutely. So that allows HR to actually focus on high-level activities that will help us get more revenue, which again, when they're hiring, they're not hiring in HR, but they're hiring sales, they're hiring in other parts. So it's a loss here in the short term, but actually for the business, it's actually a, a, a gain because of the efficiencies. Thank you, Doris. I want to bring in Chidi. Chidi, talk to us about the benefit overall for companies leveraging a cloud-based HR and payroll software like yours. How does it help an African organization be more successful? Thanks very much. I think that first of all is to look at what African organizations had looked like even before the recent time, where we have a lot of organizations who are trying to position for growth. And of course, for competition within markets, but they are not looking critically in terms of the kind of workforce or employees, which is the resources that we're talking about today to understand what are the level of competencies that these workforce have to be able to grow the company. So there's a lot of gap there. And then you also have the cases where businesses are trying to make some informed decisions, but there isn't the kind of cloud-based modern system at the time that allows them to be able to get insight about what might be required for them to make some of those informed decisions. Now, with seamless HR coming into the market and building modern and robust cloud-based HR and payroll software is now allowing organizations for one, being able to update yes, employees system on a single platform in terms of their information and all other records that could help businesses to make it from decision, thereby trying to be able to grow with that level of understanding of that these decisions are made based on data. Number two, of course, is also on the part of trying to optimize even for costs. Every business today is positioned to be able to grow and of course, while also cutting down costs. So I think overall for us, in seamless HR is that the modern cloud-based system that we have built today has become sort of like a business enabler as a tool to be able to empower organizations in Africa to optimize their resources and become more successful. Thank you for that, Chidi. And uh, you could chime in on the next question that I'll direct it to Sean. Uh, in Africa, some people would view that the HR department of companies is placement in the structure more as a formality, not necessarily to really have effective operations within the company, especially if it's like a family-owned business. And in your view, in, in contrast to the European market or the rest of the world, how does the African scenario compare? Is there an embrace of technology from your experiences working with companies? You work with companies from 100 employees to several thousand. Are people embracing this or is there like a fighting, a pushback? Thanks for that. So the short answer to that question is they are still embracing it. And what you find out is sometimes when we sell software to, or we make demos, the customer already knows what they want. Some people have mapped out their processes already. They have very specific requirements about what software is supposed to do. 
So yes, the expectation is high. The need is quite detailed. We're very much surprised how much as would research comparing what the expectations are from a HR perspective versus what they require from their software. And sometimes they're very impressed. And there's a lot that we ourselves also learn from the market. Just even from a marketing and sales perspective, if us some cars get to sign up. Of course, on level of uh, for execution, many companies want to do more, but sometimes it has been held back by a lot of things. For example, rates when they're trying to buy foreign software. So what you find is that many companies want to do more, but they're only able to collect basic information. And you find them using email to approve leaves. You find them using Excel. And unfortunately, sometimes we've seen papers, paper being used for these processes. So early stage maturity, yeah, but there's rapid adoption and companies usually are able to upgrade software. Immediately, they're able to do so. What areas can improve that we've seen in other areas globally would be things like connecting data points from your HR value chain together to sort of like bring out new value, which is what, for example, when we're able to help some of our customers, for example, on similar to charity could employees could take a loan in many countries now. But at the same time, before you give your employee access to request a loan through similar HR, would you like to know what their performance was like in the last couple of years? Would you not like to know what their disciplinary history looked like in the last couple of years as well? And how would that determine how reliable the employee was in getting a loan? So that's sort of like what we're helping customers do right now on the planet, just able to unlock more value from different points of the HR value chain. Yeah. Beyond how people are embracing or pushing back and Deji, this is to you. And as you perhaps answer this question in terms of the technological context, you could paint the benefit of whether this plug leakages, that is employment of or use and implementation of software in the African context. If this would be in the overall comparison of what's coming in and what's going out, really plug the leakages, not just in resource, but in terms of bringing out the most from personnel. Thanks for that question. That's a really beautiful, really beautiful question. And I like the way she answered it and the perspective you added. So maybe before I answer that question, speaking from a technology perspective, before I now talk about how whether it's actually blocking leakages in the enterprise and also in businesses in Africa. From a historical perspective, at first, businesses are used to using a monolith. That's like one singular application that is deployed in one server on premises. But as technology grows, people now need different softwares for different parts of HR. So, for example, I need a software for recruitment that's possibly in the cloud. I need another software to manage my time and attendance. I need another software to manage leave. And or I do this part on Excel. As people do that, they found out it's not sustainable. They are able to break out from the monolith, from on-prem, doing it within a premises to scaling because businesses in Africa, especially because of our unique case, we tend to have a lot of branches. We tend to have one in eastern part of Kenya, northern part of Kenya, or communicating together. But what is happening recently is everyone now wants a software that undoes everything end to end. EOs, HR, they are tired of migrating data from one software to another one where data got missing. There's no correlation. Between that, CEOs also want to see, oh, maybe in June, which is speaking to how this is actually blocking some leakages. Maybe in June, we have a massive number of people resigning from their job. Does this tie to how we recruit them? 
does this tie to the source of recruitment or can I connect this while the onboarding is done? Who did that onboarding for them? How was it done? So that end-to-end -end ability of using a cloud HR software that speaks end-to-end -end is allowing CEOs to actually see not just within their locality, they can see across different regions that they have and also the entire value chain of, of that employee, which is beautiful in terms of what technology can allow you to do. So we don't have to say, oh, send me this detail, send me that detail and start doing cross-referencing with maybe some Excel sheet or some reports and all that. You can get them instantaneously. Another benefit this is doing also to workforce in terms of to the companies from a C-level perspective and also HR perspective is to be able to make some iteration, to be able to make some changes where they can say, oh, can we deploy a squad system or can we do an hybrid work from home system or instead of deploying this person here, can we hire this kind of person? And they're able to monitor all those changes in terms of workforce, in terms of business productivity and how this is affecting business real time. During the time of COVID, where everybody had sick at home, People would expect one of the softwares or one of the technology people would churn or stop using would be HR. But no, that wasn't the case because we're in the business. People are buying more HR software because at that point, they have to make strategic decisions to respond to COVID. But with automation, with software, with insights, with report on something that manages everything end-to-end, -end, you are able to see changes you are making. Oh, should we pay half of the salary? How is this impacting productivity? Or should we allow people work twice a week, twice well, from home, so we do different changes. So people, are, uh, companies are able to make iteration. They are able to make different experiments and they can monitor them real time. Right. That even answers the question of how it helps to plug leakages within the operations, whether it's financial or even in terms of personnel and impact in the operations of whatever company and whatever business that they're in. I'll throw this to Doris and also Sion, you can jump in as well, because as we were planning, this was meant for Sion. The future of Africa and how it would look like if we were to fully embrace this automation, because you've already answered the question that, yes, it will lead to inevitably loss of jobs and some roles that is automation. However, how will the future look like for HR and, and business operations in your view? Thank you so much for that question. I think for me, the future of Africa with automation is actually a future where people are given chances. And I'll give you an example. My previous job, I used to sell HR software technology, an applicant tracking system. And I remember going into a corporation and saying, hey, we can ask them for this job, how many people apply? They tell me about 50,000 people up our schedule in Kenya. I said, how long does it take you to get 50,000 applications? And it applied on email. So like, we have about 100 funds every time we're hiring. The jobs will take them like three weeks. And I said, we can turn this into a one-hour thing. And they said, well, yeah, but yeah, you know. And so what that means is that they don't want to lose the power to actually be able to allow the best candidates to surface the best. And I think sometimes the future of technology is actually surfacing, almost giving each, each person an opportunity to be able to be hard, an opportunity to be able to actually get jobs that might quite possibly because they were skills-based. You don't have to know someone. I think for me, that is something that I really, really think is powerful. But also the future of HR and the future of tech in HR and automation is also a future where HR stop being known as this policing and the 60% of our job right now is really just paperwork. And But it, we want to be business leaders. We keep saying we want to sit at the table and yet we are hanging up processing reforms and stuff. So it actually will allow right. us to actually sit at this 
table that we keep talking about. Yeah, I'll stop there first. I totally agree with her on that. I'll, and my thoughts are aligned. I'm just going to build on that. Automation has started happening already for many companies that use software. There are many things that they don't have to do anymore. For example, let's say sending out prompts for appraisals or having to manually put in the questions for appraisals or having to actually follow the process because the software simply follows a pre-leader process already. Once the employee has appraised themselves, the system automatically sends the supervisor an email once that person does their part. So automation is already happening. It's not a far-fetched feature. It is here already, but it's going to get better, of course, with things like AI. What will happen eventually is the quality of HR expertise exponentially increases and quantity goes down. So you're not going to find many people in HR departments, but you're going to have a few people who are superstars. And that's because they rely on right. software to help mm -hmm. them make their work. Well, I would say easier. The work gets harder, actually. But the currency is more strategic. Now, I ask Sarah, and when you say that you have some superstars, will they be trained to use it or is the software still just plug and play? Or will you be as seamless HR, be at the back end supporting them? Cool, good, cool, good question. So the software is built to automate the processes. But even if you build robots, robots still need humans. I mean, even at the most extreme yes. end of things, robots still need humans. You still need that human judgment to say, oh, this is all the data coming in from all the teams. This is how we performed last year. Someone still has to sit there and make that make sense strategically for the direction that the company is trying to go. You can't replace that. Right. So the quality of HR begins to move in that direction, like previous speaker mentioned. And then HR has a, a more meritocratic seat at the decision table. And then what you have is that they begin to have more, more effect on how other teams actually work. So if you look at how HR is today, HR is very important. We say it, but let me explain it better. HR is the only team whose output directly affects every other person, either at the point when people are hired, whether they are being managed, whether they are being trained, even when they are being kicked out. So <laughs> HR's work just sort of like affects everybody. So what's going to happen is once automation begins to take care of those paperwork, those mundane things that you don't want to be thinking about, then HR is more responsible for outcomes. HR becomes real partners with teams like marketing because they're equally responsible with the head of marketing for hires because the advice, you know, the reports they got, the analytics they got, was what they used to advise the head of marketing for who the head of marketing hires. And therefore, they can also be held responsible for part of the bottom line, which is what HR leaders actually want to do. They right. do not want to come to work and have to send performance preserve prompt or approval request. No, they don't want to do that. A system can be taught to do those things. Yeah. All right. Let me throw in Chidi in this conversation. We were talking about how the future would change with the better implementation and employment of the automation, such as seamless HR. Now, what are the actual challenges that seamless HR helps users solve on a day-to-day -day basis? And how do you see this changing how we will view or benefit from the African or even Kenyan workforce? Thanks for that question. So first is on the challenges, I think that I'll start off by first saying that before seamless HR, uh, there has been those enormous challenges across the HR value chain in different organizations, in different industries that organizations have been 
struggling to be able to find a solution to. Some of them, and again, these are also nuanced across different industries and of course across different regions as well. For instance, the nuances of the challenges within HR in a tourism or mining or agriculture and manufacturing is different from that of the banking and financial services institution. However, putting all of this together, there are those challenges, and I'll start first of all from manpower planning and recruitment. So organizations have found it very, very difficult to be able to optimize their manpower planning challenges in a way of sourcing the right candidates for different roles, being able to plan how to be able to uh, onboard them within the company and for them to transition into different roles to help the businesses to grow. So that manpower planning and, of course, recruitment was a challenge. And then you also have the challenges of having an automated payroll management system that does not only automate your the different deductions, the different allowances that you pay, but also even helping you to remain compliant on the taxes and other regulations in different regions. So those challenges right. were there as well. Yeah. And just sort of like trying to put all this together. We also had the challenges with talent management and being able to track employees' performance in a way of appraisals. So, but Seamless HR, of course, has been able to build very robust and, of course, modern cloud tech and HR payroll software that helps to streamline all of these challenges and processes on a single platform just to make it easy for organizations to be able to leverage and grow their businesses. And of course, there is also the bit of learning where people are struggling to be able to adopt some kind of learning for them to improve on some of the competency gaps that exist within their workforce. So for Kenyan market, for instance, and a bit of our own studies and researches, of course, we understand that, for instance, in the agriculture in the mining and in the tourism industries, one of the things that are very peculiar to them is being able to find a system that can automate payroll and time management in a way of managing attendance in these yeah. different industries. So our system has been built also to address most of these critical challenges in the East African market and especially Kenya, for instance. Yeah, JD, I don't know if you can answer this question. I'm a week old in the jobless market for now. Is Seamless HR able to help a brother like me? This is just on a light note, but I think I heard Deji laugh. Deji, you're the co-founder of Seamless HR. Besides this engagement, can you help a brother like me who's just lost his job to get yeah, back in the yes. jobs market? Yeah, so Seamless HR can help. Just the way Doris said, if you're able to optimize companies' recruitment process, so once you apply, it's, it's super easy for companies to easily fish you out as an international journalist who has done so much and quickly speed you through the there recruitment you go. process. <laughs> At least there's an answer here. We're in a questions phase and there's certain questions that have been thrown at us. And I'll have Doris come in in this because she's been practicing in HR. Joseph Mungai has tweeted and asked, is it true HR firms? mostly look at the interests of the employers more than that of the em employees. There are times when the support 
they support employee interests against the employers. And I think we can put this in the context of uh, automation. Okay. I think this question comes up a lot of times and what side is HR on? And I don't think HR is on any side. I think, first of all, there's no side to check. So if HR is on the side of the organization, the organization is on the side of the employee. But really, essentially, it doesn't mean necessarily that they're on any side. I think the bigger question is because HR or what they do. So because we don't use a lot of data to make decisions, because we use so far our role in organizations, if it was more data driven, then chances are because of tech, we would actually be able to analyze and say this person actually fits the criteria because they fit the sales profile of the person we had hired before. Others we still use hunches. We still go with the power. We still go with a lot of what we used to do before technology. Then yes, we will be considered as being on one side. But when we do move to more data-driven, more um, scientific decisions, I think then it might be different. But in my experience in HR, I sit with HR people, all my close friends are HR. I don't think things are side. I think we, we as HR professionals need to do yes. better to actually bring our, ourselves up. But there's no side, in, in my opinion. Is that yeah. Deji who wants to ask a question? But yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, no. I just want to jump in on that. Based on my experience as co-founder and also building technology, I think one of the things that, uh, and also because, yeah, I'm also a leader. I have, I have an organization. One of the things that's helped balance this is employee engagement, which I've seen. And I've seen technology come to fore to, uh, to feel the employee get more engaged with the organization. So more often than not, I've had employees who feel left out, feel the HR is supporting the employer because they are not engaged enough. They don't know what's going on. They don't think, oh, we're stopping this leave policy. We are doing this. But with software, and one of the things SaaS has helped build is that employee experience in terms of the software. So initially before, when people buy HR software, it's just for the admins, it's just for the HR and also CEOs. But now employees have a self-service where they can engage, they can send messages to each other, they can see who's been there, they can read the policies themselves. So things like that I've seen in organizations, at least in my experience, shift employee and make employees love the company more feel they are welcome, love the embodying experience. I've seen someone said, oh, but when I joined this company, the onboarding experience was superb. And that's because software was being used, the platforms were being used, and everything was super automated. And they feel the company have their best interest at all. Right. There's a question here I'd like Sheon to answer. This is from Julius Okeo. He asks, does every company need HR services? And which one is cheaper, outsourced or internal? This is a question that the companies will discuss at the strategy session. Yeah. yeah, so just before I answer, just to clarify clearly between services and software. So services, yes. I guess, we're not talking about software yet. We're just talking about HR as a service, whether you're hiring yeah. HR person or not yet. So the very quick answer to that first question is a capital yes. Do not think that a company should be contemplated without putting in place processes for HR. Yeah, in the beginning, you might say, okay, you're not hiring a person full-time for HR, but I want to distribute HR work across, let's say, the managers or the owners of the business. But there has to be HR function. There have to be people who are thinking about HR. You can get into trouble at the very least, and you will lose the chance to build a successful company quicker at best. So yes to the first question. And then should they be outsourced or should the company hire? Depends. The short answer to that is it depends. And it will depend on the company itself and their current situation. 
it would depend in the sense that if you're very particular about how HR should be done, let's say just, just doing HR doesn't cut it for you and you want to be very intentional about it and it's the early days, you might want to hire rather than outsource so that you can keep control of the processes. But the other way, if you find a HR service company that you trust and that also, of course, they have most of the things that you're looking out for and you want to focus on other areas of the business and you're a very small team, then you might consider HR services being outsourced. But there's no black and white answer, different companies, um, different yeah. Um, options. Yeah, it's not one size fits all for that one. So Andrew Mutua, you have a question, Andrew Mutua, you could just identify yourself basically on who you represent, your background, and you could direct your question to the panelists directly. Thank you very much, Mark. So yes, my name, as you can see, is Andrew Mutua. I am an IT professional. I have a company based out of Nairobi and Kigali, actually, that deals with automated business processes. We have done some work around HR processes, and it's great to see the work that Seamless HR has done. I just wanted to make one comment based on a question you raised and also a question to the Seamless HR team. And the comment is, do we need to start exporting more of African software and utilizing it also more importantly within Africa? And I think it's great that we are producing our own software that we are consuming because we have found that the reason why a lot of the large scale implementations of the likes of SAP, Oracle, and others have failed quite dismally across Africa and many of the operations I've seen is because much of that software is not really tailored specifically to how op Africa operates. And I know there are standardized operations across HR, procurement, and others, but I think there are some nuances that work best. And I think if you're producing something from the bottom up and looking at those nuances, that software gets better application and adoption within a company. So that's one. And then two, and the question is, what are some of the top trends looking at and how HR, the idea of talent has changed over the years with things like the gig economy coming in with people now operating either hybrid or fully remote. How has Seamless HR tried to tackle those new challenges or ways of working that have come about, particularly being inspired by the, the, the pandemic and others? So uh, that will be my question to the seamless HR team. Thank you, Andrew, for that, you know, answering the question of exporting. And if you could just respond to what Andrew has brought up. Could he repeat the question again? I, I didn't quite get the question very well. Sorry for, for time, that. I can take the question if you don't mind. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that very good question. I think it was in two parts. I'll take the first one first. I also appreciate the fact that you are aware of what's happening with the way that is forced into Africa on our processes and you realized how many of them fail. And actually, this was one of the things that pushed us to actually succeed in market. And it's our major selling point because we've built software that speaks to problems that are indigenous to Africans. But now, can we export it? The answer is yes. However, should the exporting be the focus? The answer is no. We're focused on making the software built by Africans work here for Africans because we understand the problem. However, if you find opportunities for other people from other parts of the world who would like the software and want to use it, we won't say no. And that's where the opportunities for exporting comes from. And just to be clear, but the main focus remains on helping to build companies that are successful in Africa. And no doubt about that. And our, our focus on doesn't change. And then in terms of time, let me quickly switch to the other question. You asked about what's been happening with high remote work, 
and stuff globally. The truth is it has become more competitive, honestly, to keep very good talent, to build good software in Africa. You need very good talent. You need plenty of them and you need to get them to work together. So it's been competitive because you have companies for you have the, the, the Oracles or the Facebook or the, all these guys who are throwing the extra dollars around and we have to find, go find more money to keep our people. But how we answer that is to have a very positive and strong culture. So now if you look at how Africans are, when it comes to things like customer service, we're not the best at things like that. So generally speaking, we're sort of like on the negative side where we have much more work to do. So, but we've sort of like viewed the company that goes against the trend. So we're able to have a company that culturally speaking, we have a culture deck. We try to imbibe that in our people. And people actually even relocate from Nigeria or from different places in Africa to Europe. And they still continue to work with us, even when they have offers from other companies because they love the culture. So that's how one way in which we've answered that. And another thing we've also done to is try to make our software available to as many companies as possible so that we can increase our revenue and have the opportunity to operate so that more companies have access to our software in Africa and you can have more companies that are more successful. Because ultimately our objective is to help African companies to be successful so that they can have more impact on the world generally. Yeah. Oh, back to the, uh, just to reiterate on my question, what I was trying to look at is how are you able to effectively manage remote workforce? You said you have a timestamp facility within your software. How does that work when you have much of your workforce operating remotely? How do you monitor to ensure that they are being productive? And then the other one was on the question of the gig economy. When you're having freelancers, are you able to effectively manage and track those? Okay. Companies use our software to manage their workforce. So on the time and antenna, so I think maybe I, I will focus on companies that use our software, use our software, time and antenna, so able to manage their employees, what time you check in, what, what time you check out, and then connect that to, of course, checking in with the actual work that is being done as well. But that's on the software side of things. But also as a company, what we have learned is because some people's checking time, for example, might be different from someone else's checking time and other time zone. So rather than and make it more about the time and attendance part of things. You actually want to give people more of the freedom to actually express their works. However, you hold them accountable on what the outcomes are. That's sort of like how we've been able to do that as similar HR. And then I've also compared that with some of our customers also do the same thing too as well. Because you mentioned that, so if I missed that part of your question, just been able to add that answer, answer to that now. To add a layer to what she has answered and said, is that what we found out is that they are like, different ways companies in Africa measure productivity. And like you rightly said, gig work, remote working, or people working for more than one company is something that kind of has come to stay. And how companies manage their productivity. Some use PRs, performance management system. Some use a time tracking system where you log in, you clock in. Are you able to do the number of tasks that you're supposed to do? And we have cases of People work in different plantations, in different factories, overtime, shift management system, and all that. All that has been built into the software at different levels and at different maturity. So as the economy or as the workforce keep changing based on the reality of the system, that's one of the benefits of Simulus HR. We are always constantly developing. We are always constantly listening to the customers. We are always constantly hearing what is happening and also studying what the trends are. And we are always releasing new modules. It's one of the benefits of using a SaaS application because if it's a monolith or just something on your software, you have to always wait for upgrades. But with a SaaS application, 
you don't need to pay for upgrades. Upgrades are always happening as all these changes are happening. And finally, the system is configured to allow different organizations to use the system based on how it sees for them. So for someone that likes time tracking, someone that wants to do OKRs, KPIs, time attendance management, different things, geolocation, mobile app usage, and all that. So the system will adapt to them based on how they configure the system. All right. Thank you, Andrew, for asking that question about the gig economy. It is a reality, actually, for many. And that is what in the formation of the job market. It's not necessarily in a physical office where people meet as colleagues on a day-to-day basis. Things are changing. And I know that really got pushed forward, especially over the COVID season and right after we saw the possibilities of this. If Doris is with us, there is that question that I believe you are very well-placed to answer. And that is the one that Julius Okeo asked. Does every company need HR services and which one is cheaper, outsourced or internal? And by the way, if you want to speak, you can request the same. So Doris, does every company need HR services and which one is cheaper, outsourced or internal? We had Sheon answer that earlier. Yeah. All right. So I think, first of all, the role of HR is, I think we need to first demystify that. Yes, every company needs HR. Every company needs someone to oversee human capital. Now, whether that is the hiring manager, who in this case would be a finance person overseeing his own human capital, or whether you've actually are now at a place where you're hiring a HR person, I think as Sean had said, start with the mindset that everybody in this organization must first be HR before we can get like a HR person. And then as you grow, different, different companies, usually from an employee count of about 10, you start actively considering getting someone, even if it's one day a week. There's a lot of people who can give you one day a week HR. By the time you're getting to 30, 40, you need to actively be thinking about a full-time HR person. But again, as technology comes, almost 50, 60% of what can be done can be done automatically. So you don't really need a HR until you're probably at 80 if you really use technology. As I said, 60% of what the current HR person does is really things that can be automated. So get a HR for high level, which is really, really much, much later. The general principle is for every 100 employees, you need one HR, but automation has actually really reduced that. And so taking advantage of it is very important. Whether outsourced or in-house, the smaller you are, you can get outsourced for a lot of the day-to-day, but as you grow, you need someone to really help facilitate the HR discussions that are more higher level. I hope that answers the question. Yes, it does. Thank you for that. If there are any speakers willing to throw in or chime in in the conversation, I give an opportunity for that as we get to the point of wrapping it up. But Deji, as we wait on that and give an opportunity for people to speak, your journey as a co-founder of this software as a service company, SaaS company, and how it has shaped your view on the future of Africa and the global workforce and the business landscape. But I don't know, the possibilities, what it's done to you in terms of the experience thus far as a co-founder. Thanks, Mark, for that question. And I will try and answer that question, not from a sales perspective or like <laughs> so I'll answer it from a technology and co-founder perspective. So what my journey has taught me, I think I've mentioned some of it during this conversation, is that there is a big opportunity for SARS in Africa. Gone were the days where people want to build everything themselves. So take HR, for example. I've seen companies in Africa that want their IT team to build their HR software 
for themselves. They want their IT team to do that. But the IT team are majorly focused on supporting the business and more, more importantly, the core business application that the organization is using. So we building a SaaS or a SaaS company or a SaaS software allow most of those organizations to outsource the technology support system to an external company. They don't have to keep security men to watch over that servers. They don't have to every key and monitor those geeks and do all that. And outsource that and just use those software services as a rental. I'd just like to give an opportunity for last comment to Doris, first of all. There's the lady on the panel to wrap it up and someone else, you know, Deji, to represent Seamless HR as a conclusion. Okay. I think my conclusion is, I think something that we really need to remember is no amount or automation is going to place the intention to have a great employee experience. And I love what Sean said is it doesn't matter if your intention or actually having a really good employee culture and system will be replaced by technology. It's there to enable you. So you already need to be feeling it as a leader that you want to really build a great employee experience. I think for me, that is something that I don't want us to also forget. But also, Mark, I want to tell you that about 30% of jobs are in sales. You certainly have a lot of sales positions open. I can almost craft something for you. So see me on the side as your anchor. I love you. it. Yeah. I love it. I'm on your DM in the next few. <laughs> Thank you, Doris, for that. And to Deji, if you can, just a final word there. As we wait for Deji, Chidi, you can represent Seamless HR in your final comments. Okay. All right. For me, I think it's been very interesting having this time to discuss some of the talking points that we've all talked about. And for us in Seamless HR, of course, our mission is to be very, very intentional in helping organizations in Africa to be able to optimize their resources and become more productive. So it's a very thank you to all of you who have found time to be part of this conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Shaun, as you wrap it up, Simone Ryan or Simone Ryan, he tweets and says, my question is on recruitment and HR, not HR per se. How does a startup in tech ensure they get the right team and how can HR services help? So he says he runs a web and software design company and he's a team of five, but you'd like to expand and finding the right people has been a challenge. So how does a startup in tech ensure they get the right team as you wrap it up? Right. That's a very good question. And one of the most important questions to actually think about for a young tech company. Off the top of my head, things that I can say right now will be, first of all, you need to have a good story. You need to be a good storyteller to be able to get people on to understand what you're trying to build. And that takes you halfway there to getting them to join. People need to know your story even before you even asking them to join you. Um, you also need to be able to network well, attend conferences, and just expose yourself to many, many more people. I would also add trying to look for people who are not specialists at the early stage because they're expensive and they probably don't even know what you want to do. But look for people who are young, they're hungry, they're smart, and you can bend them to do anything you want to do for the first two years. And they're flexible in that regard. Look for people like that. And you might also want to look into universities as well to extend this pool of people. But just storytelling is very important. I just know any kind of company they want to build and using every, every opportunity that you get to talk to young people, find out where they are and get more people on board. It's hard, but it's possible. And those are things that can help you 
and that helped us to when we started. Thank you, Shion, for that. And to Deji, as you wrap it up, the final word from Seamless HR. Thanks everyone again for listening. And I learned a lot here as well. Thank you. Deji, go ahead. Thanks everyone for attending. And I'm super grateful for everyone that attended and uh, also learned a lot from the conversation. And I think it's a well-attended space where you're speaking about HR and also tech. And it's, it gladdens my heart as a CTO that people are actually interested in seeing how HR meet tech and not just coming, oh, let's discuss HR issue. But they are looking at how automation can help solve HR problems. And way beyond that, people are also not just looking at automation and seeing the value proposition that technology will provide to the HR space. So thanks everyone for attending and let's continue the conversation. I really appreciate Deji Lana, the Chief Technology Officer and Co-Founder of Seamless HR, which is a cloud HR software company helping African businesses become more productive and successful through the use of world-class Technology. Own Obatri, the Chief Operating Officer, GDOG, the Head of Sales at Seamless HR, Doris Muye, the Chief Growth Officer, Yusudi Africa. And Yusudi Africa, you can check out their handles. Uh, they empower an unemployed youth by training them in the most in demand skill in the market. So check them out. Their handles, Yusudi Africa, at Yusudi Africa, at Seamless underscore HR, and at Deji, and at that is Deji with D. E-J-J-Y and at Doris Muige, that is Doris, D-O-R-I-S and M-U-I-G-E-I. So I'd like to thank the team at Mwango Spaces for making this possible. Thank you all for tuning in and, and also for this opportunity to be on the space. So it's been a great honor. As Fantenia 